Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. tonight is to speak about praying the word and I know it's not a new topic we've all heard it before uh, probably all take part in it but uh, basically praying the word means that we speak or recite the word of God as a prayer and uh, it's a we do it in such a manner that it inspires our thoughts and that it becomes our prayer it's not just something we're reading but it's something that we're actually praying when we pray the word of God, we're taking <clears throat> the word that the words that originated in the heart and mind of God and circulating them through our heart and our mind and giving them back to God. So using this method, using praying the word, using that method means that his words become my prayers. And that's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. There's nothing more powerful than his word. Nothing more powerful. Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. By his word he spoke creation into existence. Every tree, every rock, every light, every creature was created by his word. It was his word that became flesh and dwelt among us. It was his word that became incarnate and walked on earth. His word has always been, I know I'm just telling you stuff you already know, but I'm just reminding you before we start start talking about what we're praying. His word has always been, his word was not created. It was not invented. It didn't evolve from scholars. It's the mind and heart of God. His word is and always will be. In his word is life because by his word life was created. His word is truth because through his word he gave us the law. His word is grace, for by his word we're set free. His word is strength, because without it we don't have anything to stand on. His word is hope, because he's our deliverer. In his word is healing, deliverance, salvation, joy, peace. Everything we need is in the word of God. So it's powerful. It's creative. It's creative. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So when we understand all that I just said about the word of God, when we understand the power of praying his word, when we understand the idea of taking his word, circulating it through our heart and our mind and through our speech, giving it back to him, it should make our faith rise. It should be very faith building. There is a direct connection <clears throat> between the degree to which our minds are shaped by scripture There's a direct connection to the thoughts that we have of Scripture and the degree to which our prayers are answered. Our prayers are answered to the degree that we have the Word of God in us. Jesus said, John 15 and 4, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Then down in verse 7 he says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, 
Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So Jesus said, let my words abide in you. Let him remain in you. So Jesus in, abides in us to the degree that his words abide in us. So when we internalize the words of God, when we internalize his words, when we think on them, when we meditate on them, when we write them down, when we read them, when we pray them, when we speak them, when we quote them, when his word abides in us, we will make scripturally informed requests and God will answer them because we have to pray according to his word or according to his will and to know his will. We need to know his word. So do you want answered prayers? Then get in the word, get in the word. We pray the word because there can be no greater or more powerful method of praying than that of praying directly from the word of God. Jesus did it. When the disciples asked him, uh, teach us to pray, when he prayed what we call the Lord's Prayer, a lot of that is taken directly from the Old Testament. Jesus, when he was tempted in the wilderness, what did he do? He used the word. He quoted scripture. David did it. Much of the Psalms or prayers using Old Testament scriptures. When the Israelites confessed their sins in Nehemiah 9, the Levites led the people in prayer, and that entire prayer is scripturally informed. Verse 17 quotes previous scripture. And in the middle of their prayer, they quote Exodus 34 and 6. So they take that scripture and apply it to their specific context. So all through scripture, we've got examples of people praying the word. After the Sanhedrin <clears throat> released Peter and John in Acts 4, the early church began to pray. And in the middle of their prayer, they quote from Psalms chapter 2. So they applied that scripture. They reached over into the Old Testament, applied that scripture to their context. So again, all through the scriptures, we've got examples of people praying the word. So we pray the word, not just because it's something trendy to do or because it's something neat to do. We pray the word because the example is given to us in the Bible of people that prayed the word. We pray the word because praying scriptures helps us focus on praying. We're weak. I'm weak. Are you weak? We're all weak. We're human. We can be like Peter, James, and John when they were with Jesus. And Jesus said, could you not tarry with me? They kept falling asleep. Has anybody else ever done that? Jesus acknowledged the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak. We can have the best intentions in the world. I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to pray for 30 minutes. And then what happens? We oversleep, something happens, we get this, we get, we get to the end of the day and realize we had good intentions, but it didn't happen. But when we combine prayer with our Bible reading, when we start praying the word that we're reading, it will energize our prayers. Or sometimes we may pray without really praying. We may find ourselves mumbling the same religious words over and over again. Anybody? <laughs> Lord, bless, heal, and guide. Lord, sometimes, have this ever happened to you? You can get down and pray and get up or stop yourself in the middle of it and realize, I don't even know what I just said. I was just praying, just praying. Not praying in the spirit either, praying just by memory or by repetition. So praying the word will help us focus on different areas of prayer. It'll keep us from praying that same thing over and over again every time we pray. Praying the word will keep your mind from wandering. Did you, that ever happen to you? You get down to pray and your mind starts feeling, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to return that call, I need to, I need to text them back, I need to do this. 
Praying the word is a deterrent to a wondering mind because I'm focused on the scriptures that's in front of me. It's keeping my attention. I'm reading and I'm praying, so I've got something to focus on. Praying the word helps you pray. I'm, first of all, I'm going to tell you why we do it. And then I've got some papers to show you how we do it. Praying the word helps you pray for a longer period of time. I feel safe in saying that most of us have trouble praying for an extended period of time. We run out of things to say. Do you ever feel like that? Run out of things to say? Or our mind begins to wonder? Praying the word is an answer to that. John Piper said, you can pray all day if you pray the Bible. Some people wonder how you can pray longer than five minutes because they would lose things to pray for. But I say that if you open the Bible, start reading it, and pause at every verse and turn it into a prayer, then you can pray all day that way. If we combine our prayer with our Bible reading, if we turn the scripture that we're reading into a time of prayer, the sky's the limit. You can pray 24 hours a day if you want to because you can read that, that long. Praying the word helps us to pray confidently. Since scripture is entirely truthful, you can pray confidently when you pray scripture. It's safe, secure, firm ground. You don't need to wonder, is this a good thing or a bad thing to pray? I'm praying scripture. It's the word of God. It's a good thing to pray. Scripture expresses God's will. It expresses his character and his promises. So when you're praying God's word, and when you're praying the Holy Scripture over a situation, then you can be sure that you're praying the will of God. 1 John 5 says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So praying God's word assures us that our requests are in accordance with his will. Now you can go wrong, I'm going to be very clear, you can go wrong when you pray scripture if you mishandle it. We can't cherry pick a scripture out, twist it around to fit our situation, and pray and expect God to do our bidding. That's manipulation. And we can't do that. I saw a little meme that said, I can do all things through a misapplied scripture. But there are people's times that, that, that people are guilty of that. Uh, you, can, you can't quote that scripture in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, thinking it's going to help me dunk a basketball. It's going to help me find Prince Charming. It's, I can do all things. I can become a millionaire through Christ. That is not the context of that scripture. We can't cherry pick that scripture out and drop it into this situation and say, now God, you have to, it's your word, you have to, you have to make this come to pass. That's out of context. When we look at that verse in context, because there is a proper way to pray it, but if you read all the verses around it, if we look at it in context, we find that Apostle Paul, when he wrote this, was under house arrest. He's awaiting his trial. He may possibly be put to death for preaching the resurrection of Jesus, but instead of being defeated by these circumstances, he's writing this to the church at Philippi, and he's letting them know, I can do all things through Christ 
which strengthens me. He's not talking about dunking a basketball. He's not talking about becoming a millionaire. He's not talking about finding prince or princess charming. He's talking about life situations, whatever my circumstances are, whether they're up or down, whether they're high or low, in sickness and in health, whatever my circumstances are, I've got supernatural strength to endure. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. That's the context we pray that prayer in. So in its proper context, when we pray that scripture, it's when we find ourselves in a distressing circumstance. It reminds us, I can walk through this, whatever it is, however bleak it looks, however hard it looks, I can walk through this because God is with me. But we have to be very careful that we're rightly handling the scripture when we're praying, when we're praying. Praying the word also helps us express ourselves appropriately. Oswald Chambers in his book, My Utmost for His Highest, said, if we have never had the experience of taking our commonplace religious shoes off our commonplace religious feet and getting rid of all the undue familiarity with which we approach God, it is questionable whether we have ever stood in his presence. The people who are flippant and familiar are those who have never yet been introduced to Jesus Christ. When we pray, we're addressing the supreme sovereign of the universe. When you realize, when I realize the magnitude of his greatness, when I realize he is the authority, he is the healer, he is the sustainer, words will fail you. Words will fail you. How can we give him praise? The scripture tells us to give him praise that's due his name. How can we do that with our feeble vocabulary? Now, I think we should sound like ourselves. Have you ever heard those people that pray the King James prayers, thou and thee and thy and thus? That doesn't make us any more religious. I think we need to sound like us. But aren't there times that you think, I, I just feel feeble. I, I can't, I am so blown away by who I'm praying to, who I'm worshiping, that I don't have the words to say. So there's no, um, again, there's no inherent virtue in spouting beautiful, melodious prayers full of, of words that we don't understand. God wants to hear us pray sincerely from our hearts. It's more for our good than it is for his. But sometimes I have done that. I felt at such a loss of praising him. We start a prayer with praise, and I feel at such a loss. So... Sometimes I can pray, Lord, I, I praise you because you're so wonderful. I praise you. You're awesome. And I mean it. I mean it. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But if I really want to be expressive, I find a scripture like Psalms 145. I will extol thee. I don't usually use that word, but I do know what it means. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Or I pray Revelation 4 11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. It just helps me express my praise a little more creatively. Or I pray 1 Timothy 1.17, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Talk about taking your praise up a notch. I'm feeling little doodads right now. 
and I'm just reading. That's the word of God. The word of God is anointed. Whew. Praying the word of God reminds us once again of his promises and that his promises are irrevocable and they're unwavering. So when we read in John 14, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let your heart, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Then my prayer becomes, thank you, Jesus, for the peace that you give me. I claim this peace that my heart will not be troubled with the affairs of the world, with what's going on in my, my city, what's going on in my country, what's going on in my family. I claim your peace. We read in Romans 8 and 16, the spirit itself beareth, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And then my prayer becomes, Lord, I'm your child, and as your child, I lay hold of everything you have promised me. Salvation, peace, healing, strength, it all belongs to me. So when I believe God's word and I begin to pray his word, it feeds those promises right into my spirit. The abundance of his promises is our rightful inheritance. Praying his word reminds us of that. Praying his word reminds us of that. Praying God's word means that not only must we place faith in God's promises, but we must also surrender our desires so that our will aligns with God's ways and thoughts, which are always higher than ours. But I need to know the scriptures before I know his will. I need to know the scriptures before I know, understand his ways. Praying the word will absolutely transform your prayer life. So I've got, does anybody need, want some tips? The answer is yes. I've got some tips. Will y'all divide those up and pass them out? just going to go through some of this with you right quick and then this is for you to take home the first page praying the word the first method these are just different suggestions for how you pray the word the first one is called the three R's this is not original with me this is from a pastor whose name is Ben Patterson <clears throat> he suggests we employ the three R's rejoice repent and request I'm sorry, I'll wait till y'all are through. I didn't know. <coughs> so he suggests that we do the three R's, rejoice, repent, and request. He says with every verse in the Bible, we can do more, we can do one, or more likely all three of these things. 
We can rejoice and thank God for his character and blessings. We can repent of our mistakes and sins. We can request new mercies and help. So he gives us an example, gives an example of this. Psalm 104 and 1, scripture says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. And then a way to add these three R's, rejoice. We say, O Lord, you've richly blessed me more than I deserve. What a privilege that I call you my God. Now, you don't have to say those exact words, but he's just saying we read the scripture and then we rejoice. We can reframe that into our words and rejoice. Second, then we add the second R, which is repent. Forgive me for being blind at times to your splendor and majesty. Though you're very great, my circumstances and disappointments often feel greater. Forgive me for being ungrateful and taking your blessings for granted. So we've read this one scripture. We've rejoiced. We've repented. The last one is request. Give me eyes to see as you are. Tune my heart to sing your praise. Help me see your glory in the world you've created, in the people around me. This is an awesome thing. If you just write down those three R's, rejoice, repent, request on a little sticky, put it in your Bible. You're reading a scripture and ask yourself, how can I reframe this scripture that I've just read into a way to rejoice in God? Is there something that I've read that I need to request from him or repent from him, uh, repent to him for? And then the third is request. Is there something that in this scripture that I can request from him? Another way, and this is probably the most common way that people pray the word, is to personalize a scripture. This basically is finding a scripture that fits your need, and you pray it over the situation. Uh, combine your request with cor corresponding scriptures. Insert your name or the name of the person for whom you are praying in the scripture prayer. And then there's just some, um, some examples there. I've listed some examples. But it's basically where you say... Uh, you put your name in there or you put the other person's name in there that you're praying for. Again, we take the scripture in context, but we find one that fits the situation and we pray it over them or ourselves. Okay, the second page. This is from John Piper. Tips for praying the word. I'm going to read through these quickly. Number one, find a quiet time and place. If you're a mom, good luck with that. Quiet is relative. <laughs> Doesn't look like the Instagram squares, I promise you. Uh, begin with a brief prayer, and he suggests Psalm 119, Open thou mine eyes, then I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Good to pray before we start reading the scripture. Lord, open my mind, open my heart, prepare me, let me receive from you. Number three, read a ch chapter quickly to get the gist of it. The reason for this is that the meaning of the individual sentences is controlled by their context. We must not make a verse mean anything we like. So basically, he's saying, figure it out in context. Don't just grab that one scripture. Let's find out what it means. Read that, that chapter. Just read it through quickly. Kind of get a lay of the land. Then number four, if anything has jumped out as especially relevant to you, dwell on it. Let it inspire and shape your prayer even before you go back and read a sentence at a time. Number five, if you bump into difficulties you can't understand, make a note of it for later thought and research. In other words, don't let it slow you down. If you come across something that you don't understand or you think I'm not exactly sure what that means, don't let it slow you down. Make a note of it and study it later. Don't let it sidetrack you from your prayer. Number six, now go back to the first sentence. And read it with the question, if this sentence were to become a prayer about my life, what would it sound like? 
This fits anything you read in the Bible. If this sentence, if this verse were to become a prayer about my life, what would it sound like? How does it apply to me? It might convict you and lead you to a prayer of confession and repentance. It may inspire you to pursue a new act of obedience. It may lead to a prayer for power and enablement. But how does it apply to me? Number seven, try running the verse throughout your day and seeing it. Do you see now why if we pray the word, we could pray all day long? Try running the verse through your day and seeing its relation to breakfast and work and leisure plans. Try seeing it in relation to different people at home, work, and church. You will find one verse can produce a half hour of prayer when viewed from a dozen different situations and relationships. Number eight, try to build biblical ways of speaking into your head and heart. Especially important here is the need to enrich our vocabulary of praise. And the Psalms are great for this. It's great to memorize some of those some of those psalms of praise. That's great to memorize. And then when you are worshiping the Lord, you can pull some, they'll come to your mind. You can quote them. Number nine, pray scripture prayers. And then he lists several there. All you need to do is read these verses as your own, perhaps changing some pronouns. So that's just putting yourself into that scripture. That's from John Piper. <clears throat> On page three, I've given you lots of verses. I hope that's okay. These are verses to acknowledge who God is. This is a great way to praise the Lord. Uh, we need to spend some time. My father-in-law used to say we can't run into prayer like running in out of the rain. Can't just slide in hitting our knees saying, Gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, gimme. I need this, I need this, I need we need to spend some time praising him. So one way to do that is to acknowledge who he is. He's my father. One God and father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. His position is high above all. The scripture is far above all principalities and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. His name is hallowed, it's magnified, it's reverenced, it's exalted. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And I've given you a bunch. These scriptures become prayers that acknowledge who God is. We pray these scriptures saying, God, I know who you are. You're above all. All salvation comes from you. I know who you are. The bottom one says, he is my shield. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exalts and with my song, I shall thank him. We acknowledge who God is. Then the next page, I'm not going to read all of these. I'm going to leave some for you to read at home. Verses to praise the Lord. Again, when those times that our words feel inadequate, the first one says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. If you just start reading this, especially if you read it out loud, you're worshiping the Lord before you're halfway through it. Who redeemed thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Three more down, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. 
and then another couple ones down. Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel. This is awesome way to begin your prayer. Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. These are all, what a way to take your praise to the next level. What a way to get into the throne room of God. What a way. If we will quote his word back to him in praise and in reverence, whew, that gets us, that's a shortcut to it. That gets us right there. That gets us right there. We're in his presence. We're submitted to his will. And then we begin to repent. We begin to request. We begin to praise. We thank him for all that he is. I'm so thankful for the power of the word and the ability to pray his word. These last few pages, these last three pages, uh, I just gave you some scripture that uh, are specific to various subjects, joy, rest, healing and health, strength, help. Again, you need to know the context of the scriptures, but these are all things that you can pray. Rest, have you ever been weary? Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I've already found something to praise the Lord for. He says, I'll give you rest. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to praise you for that. I've already found something to repent for. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. A lot of times what we're burdened down with isn't ours to carry. A lot of times, this things that we feel so heavy about, we picked up. The Lord didn't give. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. That's something to, to repent over. Lord, forgive me for taking things that you didn't put on me. Th forgive me for taking things that don't belong to me. And then we request, God, help me. Open my eyes. Let me see. Let me learn to set boundaries. Let me learn to say no. Let me learn to or order my steps, Lord, in your will so that I find rest. That's a personal one, can you tell? Next page is peace, victorious living, protection and safety. How many of you show of hands have prayed Psalm 91? Whoo, beautiful, beautiful Psalm. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I still remember a lady's prayer meeting we had that we had a young mother that was very upset. She was just uh, having some, some issues and uh, she was very upset and very uh, concerned. And I remember Sister Vicki talked to her. I didn't even ask permission to tell this, but it's, it's a good thing. Um, she quoted this scripture to her. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And she told her, and I've, I've thought about it so many times since, she told her, she said, go into your house and find a rug and stand on that rug, sit on that rug, put your chair on that rug, however you're going to pray, kneel on this rug, but have this rug, and in your mind think this is the shadow. This is the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Makes me think of Brother Berryhill that used to come, and he'd have us draw a circle and chalk on the ground and say, put revival in this circle. When we know that we're under the shadow of the Almighty, we're protected. 
And then the last page is deliverance from the past, freedom from burdens, and overcoming fear. Overcoming fear. I am so thankful for the Word of God. I'm thankful that uh, we have it in so many forms. I'm thankful that we have it in the printed Bible. I love my printed Bible. I love being able to highlight in it. I love being able to, I don't know if you mark yours up or not, I do. I love being able to mark it up. I love, I've got my grandmother's, my grandmother Walls's Bible that she had. It's fallen to pieces, but she's underlined things in there and got little pieces of paper here and there. I've got my father-in-law's Bible that he um, mended with duct tape. Looks just like something he would do. Got duct tape all around the edges, but he's got... He's got uh, all of his thoughts in there, his, his words. I like to do that too. I'm so thankful for the printed Bible. I'm so thankful for the spoken word, the preached word, the taught word. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that helps my understanding. Sometimes when I read, I don't necessarily understand what I'm reading. But when I'm taught, then I understand it. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for apps on our phones. I'm so thankful if y'all downloaded Dwell. It is awesome. Uh, first five. Uh, she reads truth. So many Bible apps we've got that will send you alerts. It'll send you a devotion in the morning. It'll just, I'm so thankful for the word of God. And now in this generation, like never before, we've got access to it. Like nobody before has ever had access to it. If anybody, if anybody has a reason to pray the word, we do. If anybody has the opportunity to pray the word, we do. And I don't want to take advantage. I don't want to miss taking advantage of it. I want to pray the word over every situation in my life. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Set your